Enter, if you dare. The woods are a place for adventures, exploration, and new discoveries. The woods are also a place to be scared of, because there is always the possibility of danger. The dark, creepy woods are full of unknown monsters, witches, Bigfoot, and UFOs. There is also the chance that you might get lost and run into some other type of danger. One such adventure was a hiking trip that could have ended terribly. From Reddit's in True Encounters, the torture chamber in the Rocky Mountains. My boyfriend at the time and I were hiking up the Rockies. We came across what looked like a small silo. The door on it had a padlock, but it was unlocked, like it had been blasted off. We were curious what was inside of it, because it was weird we came upon anything at all. We weren't on a trail, and we were way up there. My boyfriend at the time opened it up, and inside was what looked like a torture chamber. Like full-on chair with restraints and chains coming from the ceiling. There was a trapdoor on the floor, and no way we were going to open it up. We hiked right back up to our car and left. Still, I feel really creepy about it. End of story. Yeah, it makes sense. If you were gonna have a torture chamber, wouldn't it be somewhere really difficult to get to and far away enough that no one would be able to find it naturally? And even if they escaped, where could they go? Now that I've piqued your curiosity, let's talk about an unusual encounter. From the sun.co.uk comes the story of Elisa Brown on October 30th, 2017. A 40-year-old mother from the UK claims she heard sticks cracking with a man's voice while filming a video of her and her daughter walking their dog Max through the woods in Staffordshire. Elisa said it was silent. Just me, Paige, and the dog. But suddenly, I heard the sounds of sticks being walked on. I was looking around after I heard that, but couldn't see anyone. So I thought I misheard. I whispered under my voice, what can you hear? And in reply, I heard a man's voice whisper, I don't know. It couldn't have been anything else. To me, it looked like a scarecrow or something but when I've gone back to the woods, there's nothing there. She explained, He wouldn't leave my side, whereas normally he'd be off, talking about her dog. He was leaning against me the whole time, or just stood there like a stuffed dog. He wouldn't move or anything, so he must have been terrified. I'm just a bit freaked out about it. I don't know much about the area but I've been told that it was used back in the day for horse and carriages to pass through. Further down the track, there's a bunker, but I'm not sure what it was used for, she added. I just want to know whether it was a ghost or not. It's probably scarier if it was a man hiding in a bush. End of story. In folklore, in pre-feudal Japan, many different types of scarecrows were used in the rice fields but the most popular one was named the Kakashi, complete with dirty rags, bells, and sticks. 
It was mounted on a pole in the field and then lit on fire. The flames kept birds and other animals away from the rice fields. Later, Japanese farmers made scarecrows that looked more like humans with raincoats and hats, even equipped with weapons to make them look even more frightening. During the Middle Ages in Britain and Europe, small children worked as crow scarers. Their job was to run around in the fields, clapping blocks of wood together to frighten away birds that might eat the grain. At the end of the Middle Ages, populations dwindled due to plagues, and farmers found themselves short of surrogate children to scare birds away. Instead, they stuffed their old clothes with straw and put a turnip on top and mounted it in the fields. Scarecrows eventually came to North America when immigrants left Europe. German settlers in Pennsylvania brought with them the Bootsamon, or the Boogeyman, which stood guard over the fields. Sometimes a female counterpart was added on the other side of the fields and orchids. But they also have a dark side, as they come to life at night and inspire fear in people. In British Isles folklore, the crow was considered a harbinger of doom and death. If the crow was considered a bad omen, then using a scarecrow to banish them seems to have both a metaphysical and practical purpose. The symbolic supernatural attributes are a reflection of the genuine virtues of the crow. In today's world, scarecrow festivals are held all over the world in the autumn season, a celebration of a family and community way of life. Scarecrows have been the subject of folk art, songs, stories, and movies, a romantic tradition of gothic imagery. And sometimes, just sometimes, they pop up in the woods when you and your daughter are alone. Witches are often feared because of their ability to cast spells, but they also have been part of folklore and fairy tales for centuries. Witches are often portrayed as evil in books, movies, and other media, which only reinforces these fears. This story may have added to that. Alice Keitler was the first recorded person condemned for witchcraft in Ireland. She was born in the county Kilkenny, Ireland in 1263 and had married for a total of four times. In 1302, Alice and her second husband were accused of murdering her first husband. But thanks to her immense wealth and devotion, these claims were eventually dropped when John Lapeer, her fourth husband, fell ill in 1324. He conveyed the suspicion that he was being poisoned by his wife. After his death, the children of John and Alice's former husband accused her of using poison and magic. She was accused of denying her faith in Christ and in church, even cutting up animals to sacrifice to demons at the crossroads. Practicing black magic and having nightly secret meetings in churches to overthrow and overwhelm them, she used sorcery and potions to control Christians. 
Richard Dilladere, the Bishop of Osori, tried to keep the laws and morals of the church when he stumbled across Alice's case. He started addressing the problems involving witchcraft. Richard tried many times to get Alice arrested for her many allegations against her and her use of witchcraft and black magic. It is said and believed that her powerful friends slowed the process so she was able to escape to England. She was never found or arrested, but several of those who allegedly worked with Alice were said to have been caught and put on trial, one of which was her servant, Patrona de Metz, who confessed that she worked with Alice to commit her heresy and other sacrifices, including making love to demons and murdering her past husband. Alice was manipulating people around her to join and participate in witchcraft, but to this day, she was never seen again. And finally, our Bigfoot story. And who doesn't love a Bigfoot story? In 1996, Jeff Boiler was just out of the United States Marine Corps. Jeff, looking for a new job, was lucky enough to find a place within the Sheriff's Department. Landing a job as a sheriff's deputy, eight months later, his hard work and loyalty to the department had not gone unnoticed. The sheriff said something like, You know what, Jeff? You've been working hard, so why don't you take the day off? Consider this on the house. Well, excited at the thought of going home, he instead thought he would take a hike through the Cascade Mountains of Oregon, still in uniform. He arrived at the parking lot of the entrance to the Cascades. He decided to keep his issued sidearm on his hip for the hike. Quickly being bored of the main trail, he would make a decision to divert from the main trail, making it through the wilderness. When he veered off course, he couldn't help but to think he may be the first person to see undiscovered parts of the Cascade. He noticed that it was beginning to get late and decided it was time to head back to his truck. Remembering what he was taught while serving in the Marines, he got out his map and compass before leaving. He decided to take out the compass one last time. While looking at it, he noticed something out of the corner of his eye. Perhaps it was another hiker, he thought, but wasn't convinced. About 20 to 30 feet above him stood a dark shadow that looked human, and he guessed it stood between seven and eight feet tall. Slowly tilting his head to the side and squinting at the creature, trying to make sense of what he was seeing, the creature would mimic Jeff. He drew his pistol and pointed at it. The beast would then quickly run out of its way, while letting out an ear-piercing scream. Quickly packing his things, he tried to put distance between himself and it, whatever it was. He then heard loud booms of falling trees crashing onto the forest floor. Frightened and paranoid, he started running through the forest, never looking back, and eventually finding himself in an open field. His heart was beating out of his chest. He started to feel relieved at the thought of losing the beast, but then suddenly, something would catch a deer's attention near him. The deer, Spoot, quickly ran across the field, 
hearing a loud crack behind him. He ran too. During this escape, he would realize he had passed a blue trailhead marker. Victory, he thought. But no. He heard the sound of a large bang, and when he looked in the direction of the sound, he saw a tree bent over, completely snapped in half. This tree was six inches wide. He thought, if the beast could do that to a tree, it could do the same to me. Finally, making it back to his truck, he slammed the truck door and sped off, taking a final glance in the rearview mirror and where his truck was. He was surprised. The beast was standing right there with a tree in his palm that was about five inches wide. He saw this beast begin to pull it from its roots and letting out a blood-curling scream. This was the last time Jeff had saw anything remotely like this. I love me a good Bigfoot story, and this was a good Bigfoot story. If you find yourself in the woods with an experience like this, or something similar, like the scarecrow, or maybe even a witch encounter, what would you do? What would be your first reaction? I'm definitely running. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just running. It's that fight or flight, right? Well, if you would like to email me about your experience or anything at all, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. There will also be a link in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, I will catch you in the next episode.